listening to Nerds on Film with Brian Moriarty, Sarah Ashley, Sean Moriarty, and Roxy Noberry. You guy, you guy, get what? What? Christmas what, Roxy? is next. Shut up, Sean. Christmas is next week. Yeah, I'm excited. I hope everybody had a nice Thanksgiving. Um, I know I did. It's full I food. had four of them. Ooh, fun. Sure. <laughs> We've talked about it on the podcast. Thanksgiving is my least favorite holiday, so Ooh. I had four of them. Well, how would you rank Christmas? Christmas is number two. Nice. What's number one? Halloween. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I hope you had a good um, one. Yeah, yeah well, I, mean, I just love cosplay. Yeah. So, yeah. You, know. <laughs> you, you made a great Dana. So. Thank you. My yes, Thanksgiving you was good. Good. Um, I had, I, I worked out. Which, oh. I know, right? Look at you. Yeah, well, you know, it's a... Basically preparing for the calorie bomb, you know, why not? Calorie bomb. It's really what it is, is I'm hooked on my Nike fuel band, and I've got, I'm on a 90, I was on a 97 day streak the week going into Christmas, or not Christmas, going into Thanksgiving. Uh So I wanted to kind of keep going strong, and so you get a badge if you get go green on a holiday, Mm. you get all the way through. So I was like, well, I'm going to already hit my 100, well, I'll just keep going, basically. So... Yeah, nice. that will be that was fun. Cool. Well, I did Disneyland for Thanksgiving and made me think of doing Disneyland when I did when I did it four years ago for Christmas. And um, I just had such a wonderful time and, and thinking about it now, it's just like um, I just remember Christmas Eve, it poured in Anaheim. Like Anaheim was just like pouring all this rain. It was mm-hmm. chaotic, you know, like we, we were watching um, the uh, World of Color show. Nice. And I remember like sitting next to this Australian family who had come down to, you know, California to the United States for the first time ever just to come to Disneyland for the holidays. You That's know? exciting. Because I mean, Christmas in Australia is in the summer. So right. they, don't, they don't really get a, you know, holiday holiday. Um, they literally have Santa Claus's like jet skiing on on the beach and stuff like right. it's a really fun time <laughs> um but yeah and i just um i remember it was pouring rain and my mom and i missed the shuttle and so we just like would we ran our hotel was down the road so we weren't staying at the at the resort we were st- we weren't staying at disneyland we were staying at a hotel down the way so we had to run all the way down catella avenue soaking wet you know and we get back into our hotel room and we turn the TV on and we're just, you know, trying to warm our feetsies and trying to, you know, get, you know, warm up and dry off. And uh, Christmas movies are on. Mm-hmm. And I just remember it being one of my favorite Christmas Eves because, nice. yeah, one of the best Christmas movies, um, Miracle on 34th Street was playing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then um, It's a Wonderful Life played. Nice. And I just mm-hmm. remember, you know watching Jimmy Stewart go through all his trials and tribulations and his story and just sitting there with my mom watching it. And I'm just like, we just went to Disneyland and now I'm sitting here with my favorite human, like watching a really lovely film and best Christmas ever. And did you think to yourself, (laughs) man, it's a wonderful life. Yeah, dude. (laughs) That's exactly how I felt. (laughs) Talk about bringing that full circle. It was kind of timed perfectly. (laughs) Really was. And on that brief note, everyone, welcome to Nerds on Film. The shortest intro ever. I'm Sean Moriarty. I'm Sarah Ashley. I am really excited to be Roxy Noberry. (laughs) And I am Brian. We can tell. Fuck. (laughs) Uh, and I am Brian Moriarty. And you know what, folks? Merry Christmas. Yeah! Right? Right. I love... It's Christmas! This is one my favorite time of year. And 
because I have no problem telling people Merry Christmas. Oh. You know, Happy Holidays is nice, but Merry Christmas just it's so just genuine. You know? Happy Hanukkah. Happy and Hanukkah. happy Festivus, and, and happy Kwanzaa, happy Jazz Kwanzaa, yes. and happy yes. Winter Solstice, we and happy every single fairy tale. You don't want to do anything. I, I just I feel <laughs> like there's not. Yeah, yes. I mean, not to go on a rant, but like I feel like th- I haven't really met that one asshole atheist who's like, no, you will not wish me a Merry Christmas. I will not have a Merry Christmas. I will not have a Merry Christmas. Bah, humbug. No, excuse me, while I go home and worship Carl Sagan. Uh, I would be really, I would be really excited if somebody just like randomly wished me like a Happy Hanukkah. Oh snap! Right? I think that'd be really cool. It would fulfill my. I'd be like, dream thanks, of, you yeah. too. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I do have yeah. a pipe dream of being a Jewish mother one day. So. Lahaim. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Get yeah. the. It is excited. super cool because instead of one day of presents, they have eight crazy nights. Oh my! God. We exchange presents. We exchange <laughs> gifts for eight nights in a row. <laughs> <laughs> so good. We Try. should do that next year. We should do like st- like Hanukkah movies. Dude, yes. You mean the Hanukkah movie? <laughs> there's only yes. one of them. Totally. I don't think that's true. There's there got to be more be than more. that. There no, should, the Rugrats the, episode. I, we yeah. need to talk about Eight Crazy Nights just because of the, holy shit, did the mall just say something? It's <laughs> one of the funniest the lines line in any movie. movie. Yeah. Nice. I like how you guys just said that at the same time, too. Nice. That was really cute. Well, what are we talking about today? I kind of... We are talking <laughs> about Jimmy Stewart. Now, Jimmy Harvey sure. was a really spectacular <laughs> film. Right? <laughs> no, no joke. Seriously, Harvey's a really fantastic film. I it's probably to... one of my favorite old-timey films next to Arsenic and Old Lace. So right. I think, I think you're mixing up Easter. It. We don't talk about yeah. rabbits till Easter. <laughs> I, I, I turned around, and I saw this giant six-foot-white rabbit say, Good evening, Mr. Dowd. <gasps> And now, a nerdonomy attempt at Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> wow. I'm that Jimmy bad, huh? Stewart. I can't do a Jimmy Stewart impression for shit. <laughs> Five wall, or wait, what is he? <laughs> what? <was> so bad. <laughs> Andy <Five> Dufresne. <laughs> Andy Dufresne. Andy Dufresne. Oh my God, can somebody do <laughs> Jimmy Dufresne. Stewart doing Shawshank? Sean, Sean do it. <laughs> Andy Dufresne. Wait, hold on. <laughs> Oh, uh, I remember when Andy Dufresne crawled through a river of shit to get to the savings and loan. <laughs> <laughs> or even better, Morgan Freeman does It's a Wonderful Life. <laughs> Mary, how about the moon over there? Do you want the moon? I can put a big lasso around it and bring it down for you. And then, and then I'll narrate a novel that I'll put onto a record that we can listen to as our bank falls apart. <laughs> nice. That's beautiful. Well done, Sean. Well done, indeed. <laughs> well, you know what else is well done? The whole damn movie. It's a Wonderful yep. Life. It is it's pretty awesome. It is beautiful. Film. It is one of the few films that you can say is pretty much a flawless. I can't say completely, but as far as story, as far as acting, as far as directing choices, yeah, writing dialogue. Editing choices. Editing yeah. choices for the most part, yeah. Mm-hmm. It is pretty close to a flawless film. Yeah, the only it's... bad parts that take you out of it being someone of our generation are some of the cuts. Yeah. And some of the cuts were just because that's what they had in yeah. 1947, right. you know? I mean, you guys... Can't really, yeah. give, you can't go back in time and be like, here's Final Cut Pro. Unless right. you're George Lucas and you have Star Wars and you think that you're doing it a service. Speaking of which, <laughs> if any of you are out there and you have heard that they've thought about remaking It's a Wonderful Life either for television or for a feature film, or I want to let you sequel. know that if that ever happens, I am coming for them. <laughs> I am coming for them in the night and I am coming hard. 
<laughs> well, they were talking about doing a sequel, and um, the girl who played Why? Zuzu was wait, actually... Wait, wait, a sequel? Yes, mm-hmm. the girl who played Zuzu all grown up was, like, Clarence was going to be her guardian angel, and she oh, was going to be God. going through a similar crisis. Well, nuh-uh, Clarence got his wings, and he was like, peace, bitches, heaven it is. I know, right? Well, anyway, point being is, yeah. I really doubt it's going to happen. I think um, so the studio basically said that we... We kind of have that property on lock, so no. Thank mm-hmm. God. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I I am all, again, I've expressed that if the, you can retell the story in the new way, I'm all for doing remakes. This is one you do not, you do not touch. I mean, look However, at how many remakes they did of freaking Miracle on 34th Street like right. we were talking about yeah. last week. And none of them, none of, of them capture the essence of the original movie, right? Right. I mean, they all not tried to do something different. Not one of them. They all mm-hmm. just felt like cheap remakes mm. however this one was based off a short story yes so the author um wrote this very short story and decided to um publish it himself in 200 so copies and give it out actually as his christmas card that year mm-hmm. the greatest gift the yes. greatest gift and it was philip van doren stern is was, was the author's name thank you and it's also short and it was effectively from the moment that george bailey wanted to jump off the bridge and clarence says no let me show you what your life would be like if you never existed and it was only that section of it really and what i love about the opening of this movie is when you see joseph and clarence and what you would assume is god god talking (laughs) and they're all like these blinking stars which is so really well done so kitschy i love it (laughs) there is a bit where they they do a small callback to this they said he's about to throw away his god's greatest gift the gift of life the gift of life which is a quote from the the story itself exactly nice well i mean isn't the whole thing about the christmas card story the fact is the writer could not get it um published and and like he couldn't get mass production he couldn't yeah there were so many screenplays that were written that failed so he he couldn't sell that story as a short story right he couldn't get it published so he published it himself gave it out to 200 people then um, through a friend of a friend, it got mm-hmm. to the guy who um, was a producer at RKO. That's what happened. Who yeah. decided, this is awesome, let's make this movie. And right. he wanted to use it as um, a platform for Cary Grant. Oh, that's right. It, it was, got, he it intended Cary Grant. Cary Grant to play George Bailey. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they went through about three scripts and decided, no, nah, we can't really do this. And then that's when they gave it to Frank Capra. Yeah. yeah. So Frank Capra had um, visited Seneca. F- yeah, right? Yeah. He had been, he had visited a town called Seneca Falls in New York. Um, and he ins- was basically inspired to model Bedford Falls after mm-hmm. this town. Um, and apparently in that town, they have an annual It's a Wonderful Life festival. Yeah. And they have <laughs> the Hotel Clarence. They yeah. created the Hotel Clarence. And uh, the girl who plays Janie and the girl who plays Zuzu mm-hmm. go there every year. They do like an It's a Wonderful Life ad- uh, adapted play. And yeah. it's a whole thing. Oh, my God. I want to do this. I want to go to this. <laughs> you want to uh, go to there? Okay, Liz Lemon. You want to go to there? Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> I want to go to there. If you go to, it's like the website's like realbedfordfalls.com or something like that. that. You can just, if you just... Oh. Uh, Google Real Bedford Falls, you'll find it. I mean, this is. I am not going unless there is a swimming pool underneath a basketball court. <laughs> Why, you want to do the Charleston over it? Yeah. yeah, right. I mean, this movie, I mean, 1947 was such a huge year because you really have essentially the two quintessential classic Christmas films that both came out that same yeah. year, right? We talked about one last week, Miracle on 34th Street, and this is the second one. And thinking about the impact this movie has had, right? As it is, we have a festival that. that in the place that inspired this film. But you also have 
this was also adapted to a radio play with the same actors, not unlike Miracle on 34th Street. That's so awesome. It is now done. Uh, they've done a musical of it, just like mm. they did Miracle on 34th Street. They've and now- White Christmas. White Christmas, yes, they have. And they also do this as a radio play, a live radio play. Mm-hmm. Crazily cool. They Which actually, I know people who are in a production of that right now. Yeah. <gasps> yeah, that's right. Um, Broadway West in Broadway West area is doing it right now. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I kind of want to go see it because it's awesome. Up, up, up. All right. What, wait, what, what? Real quick. What? Correction on the year. Why? It came out in December of 46. It was originally supposed to be released oh, in January of 47, right. but it came out in December of 46 in order for it to be an Oscar contender. Huh. Um, so it did not come out the same year as Miracle on 34th Street. Within Whoa, 12 that's months. messed up. Within because 12 months. IMDb enough, says that. But. IMDb says that, but when I rented it via streaming video yesterday, it said 1947 on it. So maybe there's some confusion Hmm. Well, I Maybe. mean, I, I just think it's kind of sad for the film, the fact that it was released, you know, yeah. a month prior than, it, you know, uh, just because it really bombed at the box office. Yeah, and There did. was no competition for it to, for, at the Oscars that year. Mm. And honestly, if it had been released in 47, it would have been up against Miracle on 34th Street. And yeah. that would have been one hell of a show, you know? Well, well yeah. I mean, it still got it still got five uh, Academy Award nominations, and won one but of it them. won one of them as opposed yeah. to because it was such stiff competition that year. That's true. But the following year after that, the one that Miracle Thirty Fourth Street was up against, the competition wasn't as stiff. That's what I'm trying to yeah. say. Yeah, it's it's kind yeah. of a sad twist of events. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but said. despite all that, <laughs> despite bombing at the box office, much like a Princess Bride, um, ah. it definitely has lasted what is it with all these great films being promoted so poorly (laughs) i mean citizen kane did not do that well at the box office initially so what he what do you maybe sometimes it just takes a little while to sink in yeah or the people who are the powers that be who try to promote these films just choose to go about it in the wrong way yeah i mean box office success is we we now know this for for a fact box office success is not your not your barometer for the quality, quality. Of that I'd film say cult classic status really is right, right. And if you look at the top ten greatest films from AFI, it, like yeah, a couple of them happen to be like The Wizard of Oz happened mm-hmm. to be very financially successful. But I mean, in the, if you look at all of them, there's I mean, not that many that. What would you have attributed? Kind of veering away, but your point being, for Wizard of Oz, we can attribute that success because of the colorization factor. And yeah, it was the, the first time someone saw what yeah, looked like a tra- cannon full of pastels just shot everywhere. Right. Okay. So then in regards to It's a Wonderful Life, why do you think it w- it's still bombed? However, it still maintained this kind of classic. Although, wait a minute, you know, wait a minute. I have an answer for that. Oh, okay. I don't think to this day, truth be told... Studios actually know how to sell movies. That's too bad. They they do their best to think of what the audience will respond to, but ultimately, they know nothing. They they're going off of what has worked before and what has worked in other fields for marketing purposes. It's all math. It's all math. It's all math. Equations. It's all predictions. Mm. They don't know what the audience is going to respond to, even if they do a focus group. They're not going to know what a wider audience is really going to truly respond to. So. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it fails and ends up being actually the best film ever made. You know? Fair enough, Sarah. Nah, 
uh, I forgot my point. That's okay. (laughs) Well, I think we can all kind of attribute the success of this film to several factors, no? I mean, Jimmy Stewart Stewart being one, absolutely. Lionel Barrymore. Lionel, absolutely. Um, Donna Reed being awesome. Donna Reed is a babe and total fantastic performer, Mm -hmm. actor. Doing doing a lot with not much of a role. Yeah, this was her first starring role. Yeah, and, and and, and it's not like it's a beefy role it's been turned it was turned down by other actresses who were like "Eh." like maureen o'hara actually turned it down because she was like "Eh, not enough not even kidding not enough for her i love how she really made this role her own though you know and she did a great job like she did a lot with it oh that scene when he freaks out at the kids yeah she has to kind of corral them and comfort them just the pain in her eyes you know and her honesty too which goes to the writing though where Mm -hmm. they add the kids ask his daddy is there something wrong with daddy and usually like a parent would be like no 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 he's fine but she's like yeah something's wrong with daddy yeah and and, and they're like should we pray for him and she's like yeah do that please do (laughs) but it's not like her trying to hide it it's like she's genuinely concerned Concerned, yeah because it is so unlike his character throughout the entirety of the film right Mm -hmm. and i mean to me that that's the thing that makes me kind of fuzzy uh, because i mean that's like their marriage. That's the mm. kind of like she, that's yeah. that's what marriage is supposed to be. It's like mm-hmm. this infinite understanding. And yes, obviously there's going to be disagreements, but like when stuff gets really bad, you don't like say, well, fuck this. Mm-hmm. It's right. what's wrong. Let's. Yeah. Right. Know, I'll let's work though, it out. Yeah. You said that that has been unlike his character throughout the whole movie. No, that's been his character throughout the whole movie. That whole like when shit's bad, he gets really frustrated. Like the time when he sees his friend sees how rich he is and then like okay yeah see you later and then he goes and he kicks the door to the car well, or he's when he moments sure, or when he... he first came over to her house um after not seeing her for all that time and he's just kind of a dick to her he was pouting yeah he was Ugh. being super pouty and awful that's not what i mean though because i feel like this is yes there's glimmer moments of those where he has quick little tempers but this when it finally when the financial crisis hits him mm-hmm I think it's a whole other level of desperation, a whole other level sure. of of crisis that we that we don't yet see. Yeah, he gets he's angry, he's frustrated in those moments. This is he is straight up, yeah, scared, like losing his shit. Exactly. Sean? I it also speaks to the time because I mean a lot of people that were watching that movie had been through the depression, so they knew what it was really like to be in severe financial dire straits. And even and I think it given enough time that people could see it in a movie like that and actually deal with it better than actually if they released that movie in you know 1934 or 35. Mm. Yeah, mm. that's a good point. I mean, in a weirdest way, I can connect with the film just from what happened in 2008. Mm. Granted, it did not affected us all in different ways, but the financial crisis of our current period. I was working part time retail at that point, which was the branch of business that was the most uh, cautious about what was happening working for a very successful company that did not have have anything to worry about and all of a sudden my hours went from 40 hours a week to five Mm. hours a week so like the whole fuck what am i gonna do Mm -hmm. um like even though this is on a much smaller level like there's still that moment of you don't you feel helpless, basically. So you still have a yeah. livelihood to take care of. Exactly. That's, that's the problem, right? Maybe that's what's so wonderful yeah. about this film, that something, everything, everyone has something that resonates within them yeah. in this film. 
Do we feel like we have to give a plot synopsis of this movie? Because it plays, like, all Christmas long, yeah, effectively. Dude. If you don't know what this movie's about, um, welcome to Earth, yeah, right. by the way. Well, We're the nerds. I this mean, is for our listeners in Antarctica who yeah, don't have and, television. And in, or in the future. In America, this movie plays a lot. Yes. So for any of our, like, Swedish, Australian, British listeners, mm-hmm. etc., um, if you guys haven't seen this movie... I really recommend that you just go out and, and stream it, rent it, whatever you want to do um, yeah. before, I mean, letting us determine how you feel about this movie. Because for it's an American classic, yeah. for sure. Um, because yeah. it captures a span of time from 1919 till uh, post-World War II. Um, so it captures some, uh, but all of it in this sort of microcosm of Bedford Falls, this tiny little town in upstate New York. And it's very interesting because it is kind of, I mean, what Jimmy Stewart's character is doing throughout this whole movie is sacrificing himself for the sake of Bedford Falls. Everything he's doing is a sacrifice. Um, he's absolutely a martyr and his whole dream from when he's a, from when he's a kid is to get out of Bedford Falls and world. to go travel the world and to not be tied down. And he never gets that opportunity, which is actually kind of my my problem with this film is that I find that so wholly dissatisfying that, I mean, and it could be that post, post the movie he gets to go travel the world. But like in this context, he's just... He's trapped in this tiny town doing the same job that killed his father. Mm. You just helped me yep. come into this crazy realization this movie has a lot of interesting similarities to the play our town yeah by Thornton Wilder. yeah right which is in itself a very brechtian like style of story where it's by what i mean by that is like the narrative is kind of at your face you're going to hear the story about this person yeah mm-hmm. and there's commentary about the person by the narrator right and we mm-hmm. we do see that in this film too but it's through the characters of joseph and clarence mm-hmm. talking mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. what's going on it's just that's I don't know. You just you were hanging this very profound like note, and yeah, it is. It does. You're welcome, Sean. <laughs> I don't think we've talked about how the original short story definitely has to be inspired by a Christmas Carol. I mean, because they're, mm. the trope of having somebody like a ghost, except an angel, show you this time, where, but uh, but twisting it and saying this is what would happen if you were never born. Yeah. But ha- but the, and of course, adding that you could interact with the people and that you, it was you weren't just like a you know. Just observing specter. it. You got to yeah. you got to be involved in it. But and it, it is though. Yeah. It, it says historically that it was inspired by a dream and remarkably similar to Charles Dickens' Christmas Carol. Yeah. Um he they said that it was the Christmas Carol was published in eighteen forty three and Stern's uh short story for the uh, the greatest what's it called? Gift. Um, greatest gift was published in nineteen forty three. Yeah. So I mean this is it's a lot of similarity, maybe unintentionally related, but as opposed to seeing what Christmas is like in the past and the present and in the future after he dies, this is the scenario of what would it be like if you never existed. But the funny enough, it, the funny enough, this is like a two hour long movie. This is, yeah. by the way, kind of long for the time, right? It's a next long. Two hours and ten minutes. Yeah, next to, I mean, it's not Gone with the Wind, but it's a <laughs> long ass movie, right? Yeah. And it's interesting that really the the whole what the world would be like if you n- never existed which is the thing that i think is called out in a lot of um homages to this movie 
and and remakes, especially in like TV specials and whatnot. That is such a small part of the very end of the film when that was the entire entirety of the short story. But it's such a it's only like yeah. the yeah. last quarter of the movie. It's true. Yeah. And that trope is I mean, yes, it is kind of recycled with. It's a trope now. Yes. The trope you would argue is recycled through Charles Dickens and, you know, A Christmas Carol. But I would argue it even goes back further. That's kind of kind of Dante's Inferno in a way, if you think about it. Yeah. Yeah. There is this guide mm, yep. who guides you through this journey and mm. he's going through a hard time and he's trying to cope with those yeah. emotions. And it's it's very, I mean, in a very general way, it is the same story. Just mm-hmm. with a Christmas theme and with a, with a much more different theme of past, present, future, it's more, like you said, it's more like, well, this is the what if. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I kind of have a degree on Sarah on that point that I felt that the whole part when he meets his angel and they go through that whole sequence of events was really kind of shortened and it was a disservice that it was really kind of an, almost an afterthought compared to a rev- the review that is his the younger life. The review of George's life that they spent yeah. so much time developing his character and to, getting him to yeah. the point of... but. At the same time, that is a really important journey. There you go. I you need to, to understand why yeah. he's about to jump Agreed. off a goddamn yes. bridge. I mean, George is a child. Yeah. I don't know one. I don't know about you guys, but I was moved by that scene yeah. where he's, you know, talking to his boss as a kid. Oh, and his right. boss old man with the druggist. Yeah. yeah, and the yeah. druggist and the druggist is, you know, accidentally replacing the pills with poison, and yeah. he's trying to tell him, and the druggist is just like attacking him, and mm-hmm. his ear is bleeding. I mean, this film isn't black and white, but you see the blood coming from. George, you know, young George's His ear, ear yeah. and the tears and just the emotion. Mm-hmm. And it's just, oh, such a beautifully touching moment and such a wonderful just portrayal of the depth of George's just heart. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I, my, one of my favorite moments in that scene, too, other than the that moment is when the young Mary is talking to him. Said, "Is that your is that your bad ear?" Is he? Yeah. And she whispers, "I love you to the day I die." I love yeah. you to the day I die. Yeah. yeah. So cute. <laughs> so great. Sweetheart, yeah. you should not have committed yourself so early. No, oh just kidding. <laughs> yeah. You haven't oh, even lived yet. And the whole thing about her being a spinster. You and I were talking about that. Oh, like, being an old maid. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So in in the scenario where if George Bailey never lived, that. Yeah his wife would have wound up an old maid as opposed to like she could really she couldn't have found somebody like she was a she was yeah, you well, know if you a esta- very eligible bachelorette yes. I mean if you establish from the beginning especially with that scene that mm-hmm. Mary and George were meant to be together that that was like her soulmate I guess and so. that he was never there then she was never mm-hmm. oh, the I'm far too hopeless for romantic that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. I'm saying it's all that. there on screen. I'm just. It's yeah. true. I'm just I agree, but you're it. a hopeless romantic. I love the contrast between the blonde and the brunette. You know, Mary and the. Uh, I'm sorry. What was V? We? Yes, how she kind of became this whole character unto herself and her whole sexual appeal. You yeah. know, just playing off of Mary's sort of wholesome, innocent. Um, yeah. Just well, you know, it's it's totally the the ginger Marianne complex. Sure, <laughs> sure. It absolutely is. Oh God, the scene <laughs> of them all jumping into the pool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Apparently that pool is still existing. It's in the Beverly Hills High School. Oh, really? Yeah, nice. yeah it's still a nice. real place. Oh, well, Sean, you found out a little factoid about that scene, right? Oh, yeah. I was watching the scene and the the, the douchebag who actually activates the floor <sighs> to fuck over uh, George and his, and his lady friend is the guy who played Alfalfa in the original Our Gang and Little Rascals. What? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. It's crazy. It's wonderful how it all comes together like that. Now, I know I know you guys, we've talked about like the making of the movie and all this stuff, but 
Let's talk about some things that the movie has had an effect on in the future. Like, besides the lasting effect this movie has on the idea of giving and the Christmas spirit and oh, love yeah. and the human condition and and the it's a wonderful <laughs> life Muppet version. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we should do a. Oh, I'd want. Okay, then. All right. The Henson people, listen to me. <laughs> Henson Disney. people. You are allowed. You're the only people allowed to do a version of It's they a Wonderful Life. They've already done it, dude. They did it. A Muppet, It's a Wonderful Life? It's yeah, called it It's a, a Very, Very Muppet Christmas Movie. Yeah, it was done uh, a few years ago as a TV special, and it was not their best work. David Arquette Okay, so let's it. cut that all out then. All right. <laughs> oh, we, we can't make you look like an idiot? That would be fun. Yeah. Okay, you know what? Fine. You guys remember the scene in um, in uh, Bruce Almighty uh, when they're in the apart- in their in their house, and uh, he looks up at the moon. Oh, and yeah, and he lassos the moon. He goes, what does yep. he want, Mary? What do you want? Do you want the moon? Just say the word, yep. and I'll throw a lasso around and pull it down. Definitely. He actually freaking does. It. Yeah, he actually yep. inspired by this movie has to be. Yeah, uh, I'm. I'm gonna say this: the uh, Newell post in the Christmas Vacation. <laughs> how it's always like loose. That's got to be part of it. Another Christmas movie that like takes Doors. that from. Right? Yeah, because he had the he had the loose the banister knob. Right, he kept pulling it off. Yep. Yeah. Well, I think mm-hmm. it bears repeating because we talked about this last year. The one thing that connects these two movies together is that Frank Capra's grandson, Frank Capra the Third, was the first AD on Christmas Vacation. Right. So naturally, yep. there were there are those references to yeah. It's a Wonderful Life put in there on purpose, of course, as callbacks. Oh my god! I just want to see. I want to see yeah. George Bailey. <laughs> Look around you, Ellen. We're in the seventh circle of hell. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna press on and have the hap hap happiest Christmas since Bing Crosby tap dance with Danny fucking K. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, the SNL skit with Shatner. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it says like it's the lost ending to the film. I haven't seen it myself. I, I, I didn't watch oh, it. So I remember good. what I did with the bunny. <laughs> They had it in a newspaper and they gave it to Potter. Well, let's go get him. <laughs> and they, 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 it was, it, John Lovitz was Potter, right? And they, yeah. John like, Lovitz was basically Potter. like pulling him out of his chair and beating the living shit out of him. Quick aside Potter was played by Lionel Barrymore, who, aside from being in a bunch of other Capra movies, <laughs> um, played Ebenezer Scrooge on the radio version. Uh, of Christmas Carol, which is why I think they picked him for Potter's character because he was supposed to be a Scrooge-like character. Nice. And Barrymore, he absolutely is Drew Barrymore's uh, great-granduncle. Awesome, yeah. awesome, awesome, awesome. So, And part of the reason that the communist... What's it? What's the FBI? Oh, yeah. Who? So uh, if you look on the Wikipedia article, um, apparently there was an FBI... Um, like investigation? Like investigate or just like a comment. Somebody had made a comment mm-hmm. and it got put in FBI records and they redacted the name. So I have no idea who said it, but basically accused It's a Wonderful Life of being communist propaganda because of how they portray entrepreneurs. Um, mm-hmm. I doubt. I don't buy that. Jimmy Stewart was a bleeding heart Republican from well, until well, the day he died. That, so that Sam, Sam Wainwright's, you know, character hee haw, yeah. um, basically made a shit ton of money off of cr- like building a factory making plastics out of soybeans. Like that, right. he, he was fine. Yeah. All right, Sean. What other influential things did you find? Oh, okay. So uh, this is a this might be a little bit of a stretch, but I think it's definitely inspired by It's a Wonderful Life. The scene in Back to the Future 2 when he comes back to the alternate 1985 and sees all the clubs and all that stuff, I think, is inspired by when George Bailey sees what happens when he sees Pottersville. Pottersville, yeah. So interesting thing about Pottersville, though, hop in fucking nightlife. Right? And and honestly, 
Pottersville was what was happening in America during that time. Like that was yeah. actually real life. That Bedford Falls is actually some kind of weird. It's romanticism. Sarah. Yeah, I know. Get with it, Sarah. <laughs> it's not the hopeless romantic. Apparently, I know. I'm going to throw it's romanticism, and that's that's a fair statement. I'm just stating that you know clearly Pottersville was commentary on how America was going down the tubes. I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got a couple more here. I think that Clarence, the look of Clarence, the way Clarence looks with his big bushy eyebrows and stuff, yep. I think they took that and they made that um, one of the homeless characters in Scrooge look a lot like him so that he it really did. stuck with you when he became an angel at the end. Nice. He oh. did look like, a I lot like I thought that Clarence. that was something like, let's make him look like Clarence from It's a Wonderful Life. I That's just a theory. That's interesting. Ooh. We'll have to yeah. consult the makeup And one more tiny thing. Uh-huh. What were the names? Quiz, everybody. What was the name of the cop and the cab driver who are arresting George? When I, know, he... I know. I know. I know. I know. Go ahead. Bert and Ernie. Nice. Bert and Ernie. Nice. Holy shit. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so this movie has truly permeated the American lexicon, and in, in especially Christmas-themed things. Like, it's I, I could just imagine if you're making a Christmas film, you can't help but think about ways to nod your head to It's a Wonderful Life. And Seriously. not only that, how many other Christmas movies have this movie in it to reference itself? Exactly. They have yeah. it in the background. Or- yeah. Every Home Alone movie. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Christmas Vacation, obviously, right? It, like, and I'm sure there's more, but those, this are off they should have they should have digitally made Jimmy Stewart as the guy in the uh, uh, Angels with Dirty Faces parody. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been awesome. Which is a real movie, by the way. I'm gonna give you to the count of three to get your to get ugly. your ugly lion. No good. No good for flushing. <laughs> What do you guys think about this? Um, there was a film remake in 1977. Apparently Orson Welles was cast as Mr. Potter. And um, it says, so what, they, what I thought was really interesting was that they did a gender role reversal with Marlo Thomas actually playing mm. um, the Jimmy Stewart's character. Right. And Cloris Leachman was the... Uh, was the angel. Was the angel, yes. Yeah. Was the Clarence character. Who was following in her grandfather's footsteps. <laughs> <I> have, <laughs> footsteps, footsteps, footsteps. <laughs> I have seen That's this awesome. version, actually. Really? I have. How was it? Mm. Oh, it was wow. the 70s. It's okay. Yeah. I mean, they even said it right when they were plugging the movie as it was about to start. Another take on It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, God. Like, uh. Okay, let me ask. Was this, okay, was Orson Welles during this time, was he doing all those, like, commercials for, like, beer the and French stuff? And the French. And making good champagne. <laughs> those are my favorite. <laughs> my buddy does the best impression of that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty the sure. French. <laughs> the French. <laughs> I've never seen those. What are you guys They're talking about? They're the best. Okay. So, what's better is the outtakes, because he yes. was so drunk when he was actually plugging so, it. Orson Welles used to do these commercials for champagne, I believe. Yeah, I can't remember what the <laughs> yeah. brand was. And he, I mean, at this point, his career was well done, you know. And he would basically do all these commercials just, you know, toasted. And the way that he would deliver the lines, I and mean, he didn't give a fuck, you know? And so they have him on YouTube, right? And apparently there are, like, all these, like, parodies of his performance. Oh, yeah. All these people, like, doing of it. Just uh, the opening line, the French. Yeah. <laughs> I have to look it up. There's one one of the parodies that's the most amazing is, like, it's at the end when it, everyone's just, like, gone home and he's oh, drinking. Who? He's like, you should have let me direct... I know how to work with a difficult yeah, actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he did one for Frozen Peas at one point, too. Orson Welles was shameless in the 70s. Well, his last <laughs> film role was actually the voice of Unicron in really? Transformers yep. the movie. No yep. shit. Yeah. yeah. 
That was his last role. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, how the mighty okay, have fallen. Okay, listen to this. Orson Welles promoting frozen peas. We know a remote farm in Lincolnshire where Mrs. Buckley lives. Every July, peas grow there. Do you really mean that? Uh, yeah, so in other words, I'd, I'd start half a second late. Don't you think you really want to say July over the snow? Isn't that the fun of it? It's, it, if you can make it almost when that shot disappears, it'll make my... I think it's so nice that, that you see a snow-covered field and say every July peas grow there. We know a remote farm in Lincolnshire where Mrs. Buckley lives. Every July peas grow there. We aren't even in the fields, you see. We're talking about them growing and she's picked them. <laughs> I don't understand you then. When must, what must be over for July? Um, when we get out of that snowy field... When I was out, we were onto a can of peas. Oh, my big God. It's just a goddamn commercial. This is a fucking... Read com- the fucking lines. Oh, just do yes, it. Yes, always. You I'm know. always past that. You are. Yes. Well, that's about where I say in July. That's about where I say yes. in July. In July. Why? That doesn't make any sense. Oh, God. This Sorry. is pretty bad, There's right? No it's painful. The rise and fall of Orson Welles. Well, he was always like that. Yeah, yeah he's a dick, but that being said, he Yeah, was you a can't p- talk to me like that. <laughs> I was the first person to move a fucking camera around. So good old Orson Welles, he really knows how to make a career out of 19. And he also knows how to put down a fucking lot of sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> I just think that that's an interesting casting choice for Mr. Potter, you know? If we want to talk about how, like, tyrannical the guy really was in this film, you know? Like, he was just a quintessential yeah. bad guy. Sometimes the art reflects real life. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. He, they made him, Mr. Potter's character is extremely devious. It was one of those things, like, they had to make just a constant bad guy, and he's a constant bad guy to, yeah. to the Baileys, like... God, yeah. It's kind of like that whole, him? like... Those meddling Baileys, they're a thorn in my <laughs> right. side, kind of thing. I, I mean, you know? I would have gotten away with it wasn't for you, Baileys. <laughs> like yeah. he's he's so evil that like I wouldn't be surprised if there was like a deleted scene where you find out he was cooking puppies or something. I, oh, yeah, right. God. Exactly. Sean, I think we should do something fun. What do you think we should <gasps> okay. do? Let's play. A game. I think that though this movie should never be remade, we should discuss what modern actors we would. Recast Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> I'm going to throw out there for George Bailey, Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh, I wow. I would Modern say hmm. I would argue that I would want to keep this an American movie. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So a, I don't. A, Br- a Britain can play Batman and Superman, two American icons, but they can't play George Bailey. I'm just. Hmm. I I know I'm not typically the xenophobic, but but <laughs> I feel like get out of here in the American horse who, you rode in on. Who would be a good American <laughs> for this one? I, I'm totally a European socialist. Whatever. <laughs> um, Bradley Cooper. No. 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 It doesn't have the acting mm. chops. No offense to Bradley Cooper. Leonardo. Mm. Not no. the right type. You need someone who's got this genuine nature about them. Michael Caine. Uh, Michael Caine. <laughs> can no, play probably Potter. But, I kind of um, want to see like a comedic actor that can play straight also, you know? Like, like I don't Jim know. Jim Carrey. Yeah. Well, not right now. Maybe Jim, 20 years Jim ago. Carrey, Jim Carrey 10 years ago, yeah. Um, Matthew McConaughey. What, what about like what about Steve? <gasps> Matthew McConaughey, man. Steve, Steve Carell. I think, I, I think, I think Steve Carell's too old. 
maybe. But he's kind of like got that everyman type character. Um, here's a crazy idea. Jake Gyllenhaal. Huh. Hmm. As like a teen, like 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 teen. No, give him give him like five years, and then yeah. have him try to play. Because I mean, again, when you look at the age here, Jimmy Stewart wasn't that old when he was playing. Mm. He was in his like mid. I got it. Who? Joseph Go ahead. Gordon Levitt. <gasps> oh! Ding 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 ding. Yes. Yeah. Again, give him five years. Yeah. Give him five years, and then he'd be perfect yeah. for it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He could totally do it. So then, do we want to do Zoe Deschanel for Mark? No. Deschanel. No. Deschanel. No. Are you Deschanel. fucking Deschanel's kidding me? Deschanel's a dance move. <laughs> I don't care. I don't give a... Deschanel's a dance move. Deschanel's a dance move. August you guys, release. You guys, guys, <laughs> I personally think that Lena Dunham should be <laughs> the girl. <laughs> <laughs> no. no, 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 no. Oh, good um, God. I say Michelle Williams. Ooh. Mm. That's a good one. Who else? Who else do we know? I, Amy I, Adams. I, um. Ooh, yeah, Amy Adams, even. Amy Adams, but well, I mean, as far as pairing up with Joseph Gordon Levitt, I think she's too, too old. old for him. I wish to recant my statement. I would say, I'm going to go something crazier. I would say Jake Joan Hall should play. George's brother. Oh, yeah, yeah. definitely. Right? Just the right amount, yeah, yeah, yeah. amount of douchiness. And here we go. Chris Pratt as, as... George George Bailey. Huh. Ooh. No. Have we seen him do serious, though? Did you ever Dance see Dance Off, Potter. Dance Off. <laughs> 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 I mean, that Charleston scene would have been pretty awesome. So then Lee Pace. Mm. Lee Pace? As Potter well, or Lee... No, no. So here's the deal, though. Actually, Lee Pace. Lee Pace kind of has a Jimmy Stewart vibe about him. Yeah. But I wouldn't want to do it because it's too close. Mm. So I... Too close? What do you mean? I think he's... Uh, would it just be too much? He, it would be Pushing Daisies. I see what you're saying. And not to say that I have a problem with Pushing Daisies. I love Pushing Daisies, yeah. but we've already seen that. This is true. So, because um, um, I, I don't want to do something that's like... Yeah. I mean, if we're going to recast it. I don't want to do something like that. Okay, so who do we cast as Potter? Ooh. Old Man Potter. Harry Potter. No. <laughs> Christopher Walken. Yeah. Christopher Walken. Uh, no. No. You Danny DeVito. Danny you don't DeVito. have the money. Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> Up top. That's yes. the winner. Anthony Hopkins that it is. That shit is sinister. But you're breaking the American rule, though. Beautiful. Because oh, he's English. No, I just got you to the admit. evil. The evil guy can be old. the evil guy Anthony can always oh, be British. Yes. Villain English, yes. fine. Are always good with accents. You take him seriously with accents. Come on now. Right. Okay. Never mind. Uh, the non-English mm. actors. Star Wars, Death Star. A bunch of people going. Oh, I. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. All right. All right. Um, Here's a tough one. Oh, Clarence. wait, 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 wait. Harrison Ford is Potter. <gasps> Ooh. <The> Potter. <laughs> um. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm ripping Potter, off bro. Ralph Garman in case about, anybody jo- thinks I'm taking this from my own. George Clooney? Mm, too old. <laughs> too old Maybe to, play, to play George? <laughs> Maybe you could have played George's dad. Let the Wookiee win. And... Yeah, probably. <laughs> That's amazing, Sean. Um, okay, so who would play... Uh, okay, so who would play Gower in the beginning? Gower. Could Richard Jenkins play the angel? Richard Jenkins? Yeah. Who's Richard Jenkins? You don't know who Richard Jenkins is? Just I don't know no Richard Jenkins. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, what's a really good... He's been nominated several times in the past. Um, he's really good at playing, like, the dad. Like, a really kind of um, Richard Jenkins. Okay. He'll have to show me a picture. Yeah, man. Um, I'll show you plenty of pictures of Richard Jenkins. Wow. Yeah, that could work. Richard Jenkins. Um, mm. 
He's a, he's a character actor. Like if you've yeah. seen him, he does a lot of Fairly Brothers movies. Um, mm-hmm. He was in st- he was this, the dad in Step Brothers. Thank you. There you go. Dad's if they wanted to go really modern with it and Bernie Mac was still alive, I would love to see him as Clarence. Oh, mm. yeah. George let me talk to you. Don't <laughs> <laughs> you go jumping off that bridge. <laughs> oh, so you're thinking also like the dad playing, Isn't that playing under. into like kind of a... Isn't there like a racial trope kind of about that though of like the magical black man, like the Bagger Vance type character? Ooh, that that yeah. that's kind of touching on something. I don't know if you guys know this, but black men are magical. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder you idolize them so Dear much, Sean. I'm just really that's good at their voices. The I don't know why. <laughs> we are approaching the line. I don't know if we crossed it, but okay. So <laughs> I don't think we've. I don't think we have it yet. We don't not have for, it now. I don't no. think we have it for George. We should just Samuel Jackson at all of it. <laughs> Samuel. Every time an angel gets his wings, motherfucker. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Bedford Falls. <laughs> yeah, no, that movie would have been over the first time Potter <laughs> fucked with him, though. Yeah, right. <laughs> what you want, Mister Potter? You want my blood? Take my blood. <laughs> um, okay. Um, I'm tired of these motherfucking misers in this motherfucking town. Uh, okay, throwing a weird one out there. Okay. For Clarence. Okay. Tom Hanks. Ooh. Sure. I mean, Tom Hanks can oh, do anything. Oh, oh. Um, 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 who am I thinking of? Who we just saw him. Um, he has a uh, uh, big Lebowski. Um, Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges. Thank you. As Clarence, mm. he would play Clarence like the dude. He would make no. He'd make a good voice of Joseph because he's got that nice yeah. imposing voice. That would be good. That would be good. That would be good. So we got that one. Or maybe George's father. I don't know. Who is that guy? He was also he was in a movie with Jeff Bridges. Um, not Gary Shandling. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Gary, <laughs> Gary, Gary Shandling could totally play Clarence. <laughs> he played. He played. And um, he was still doing stuff. He was the voice There's of gotta Hades be an easy way to in get Hercules. Wings. Hail Hydra. Huh? He was the voice of Hercules. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. He did do that. He was that. the voice of Hades in. Um, the oh, James movie. Woods. James, James Woods. Woods. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to see James Woods be the crazy. <laughs> The uncle. Gary Shandling. Gary Shandling. So then wouldn't Robert Downey Jr. make a great George? <laughs> he, well, Robert Downey Jr. can do anything. That's there the you go. Now we're getting I somewhere. think I think he would make, I think he'd make George actually really unsympathetic. Oh. And plus the thing is, I think, he, again, Robert Downey Jr. is getting a little bit on the far side of 40 yeah. to pull off that character. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. So. No, but but I think James Wood should should play the uncle. <gasps> the crazy uncle with the fucking crow. What about um Yeah, and the squirrel. Who else who else in the Avengers could be in this movie? <laughs> well, if you got Mark so Ruffalo on Marvel with it, we've already got Mark Chris Ruffalo Pratt would be a great as George. George Bailey. <laughs> I don't th- I don't agree with Chris Pratt as George. So George put no, Chris Mark Ruffalo. Brother, and then we do oh my God. Scarlett Johansson oh. as Mary. Sure. And then we do the voice of Josh Brolin as Joseph, yeah. since, he's, <laughs> since he's Thanos. Who would Mark Ruffalo um, be? Mark Ruffalo? Couldn't he be George? Or he the brother? He could be the cab driver. No, he could be Martini. He's too old for the brother. Martini. Martini. He could totally be <laughs> The exaggerated Italian stereotype. Ah. <laughs> um, actually, I would say if Mark Ruffalo was about five years younger, he could be George Bailey. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Nice. He would probably make a good one. Yeah. Mm. Mark Ruffalo is really good. Yeah. Yeah. What about Matt Damon? Matt Damon. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe, maybe not. Probably not. You shouldn't cast somebody as older than 40 for this part. I think yeah. you have to go 40 and below for so, this character. So, Chris Pine. 
Chris no, Pine might Chris pretty. Pine might mm, be able, but he is too pretty. Yeah, too pretty. He has to look more like an everyman. Yeah. Um, this might be reaching, but what about John Krasinski? Nah. I don't know if that's reaching. That might be doable. Huh. But the thing is, also he's tall and gangly, so you have to have yeah. you have to have like a. He's too awkward. You have to kind of. Well, Jimmy Stewart cast. was tall, tall and gangly. Yeah, but John Krasinski is more kind of like subdued, and Jimmy Stewart was so active and so animated in this film. You've you seen know? his uh, Krasinski's uh, about, animated uh, like a uh, marionette impression, right? What about if you if you gave <laughs> no. it really. YouTube it. Give it a really melancholy tone and have Zach Braff play him. Oh. Also could potentially work in its if, own way. If It's a Wonderful Life was like a hipster drama. <laughs> Guys, I think it's a wonderful idea. <laughs> Thanks, Alan. Would you guys like some wine? I've made it from plums. <laughs> it's just for the holidays. So it's organic, eh? Of course it's organic. Well, uh, sorry. I've moved to Sean now. <laughs> I was thinking we should do It's a Wonderful Life as a performance art piece. <laughs> and we'll all be dressed as Christmas presents. But once you open us up, we're empty. <laughs> oh my God. Beautiful. That was poignant. Alan, I like your spirit. I like your. your I fucking life. hate him. I'm sorry. Um, you Not know, a fan, Alan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fuck yourself, Sean. I think we've pretty much gotten somewhere with this casting. I don't know how much else we could really kind of pour into I mean, we it. just thrown out these ideas. I mean, really, you know... Unless you want to do, like, Channing Tatum. The, the, the trouble <laughs> potato is... Potato face. The trouble is... <laughs> he was a fucking potato, potato face. He does kind of look like a potato. Doesn't sort he? Of. A um, hot potato. Hey, yeah. The the trouble with this is you've got such a firm image of these characters in your yeah, mind from Capra's hard. original. Yeah. It's and we're so married to that because it's part of our collective consciousness now. I don't think you can recast this. Like you can't without having to let go of certain things. Ooh, Sarah's got an idea. This is gonna seem really, really out of left field. If you say John Malkovich, I swear to God. <laughs> I will not say John Malkovich. <laughs> Although, good idea for Potter. Yeah. Um, good one, Brian. He's from Rent. Rent. Fucking uh, no. Jesse, Jesse L. Martin. <gasps> for... He played for George. Oh, okay. Jesse. He played Collins in the in the Rent movie, and is he on, right. he's on like one of the cop shows. Oh, right. he was on he's Law and Order. He's on The Flash, actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he was he on Law and Order. I lo- you want to know, I love his eyes. He's so... Yeah. He has he's such sympathetic eyes, and he's got such a sympathetic face that I think he would be awesome. I, I yes. It's p- plausible. Again, I think he's on the opposite side of 40 to be able to play uh, that. I don't know. I still feel like he's young. I feel like he's young enough, but he's I, I, that would be an interesting He's 45. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I like it. I still go back to Cumberbatch. Time I think true. it's best option, but, you know. All roads lead to Brits and their accents. Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> He, he could play a prince. Mary, I just don't feel like that's the. I just I'm don't going feel like to that's take the, right the moon choice. down and put it at your feet. I think he's. I think he's a little too poised. Too. Poised. I, I know. After seeing him in August Osage County. Oh God, that's right. He was really awesome in that. Yeah, yeah. he was pretty. After seeing that, I yeah. totally think he could play George Bailey. But who can oh. really replace Jimmy Stewart? Nobody. Nobody. Jimmy Stewart was awesome. That is the point of today's discussion. (laughs) And the other point is everybody needs to go see Harvey. There you go. As long as they also watch It's a Wonderful Life. Well, sure, whatever. (laughs) Folks, if you don't watch this movie, 
during Christmas, you are un-American, which is true for many of our listeners. Exactly. So if you are. But if you're I'm American gonna... and you don't watch this movie, you are un-American. There we go. I'm, I'm going to admit something. Uh-oh. Huh. I've never seen this movie all the way through until now. No way! You know, I have a confession, too. I still haven't. I tried watching. I got about halfway Jesus. through before this evening. Then what's all this talk about being un-American? Hey, 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 I watch it, at least part of it. Okay, I find it. Sean, is there anything I you want to say? I have also only saw it all the way through this first time. And once watching the entire movie and going through George Bailey's whole life... My cold, icy heart was warmed, and I shed a couple tears. Yeah. Do you have this what are you, problem, Brian? Wow do you <laughs> do you have this problem? Are you stuck only watching part of the best film ever made? Watch this film; it'll do you good. It'll do you some damn. Good. I don't know. I didn't. A public cry. service announcement from Nerdonomy. I, I didn't cry. I was mo- I was mostly frustrated that this guy will never get to live out his dreams. <laughs> Sarah was she was just sexually frustrated. Sexually <laughs> frustrated. <laughs> sexual frustration it was make you just it was life frustration (laughs) i just got this horrible image of sarah straddling the couch just like angry george not helping (laughs) god damn it was brian spying on me (laughs) (laughs) awkwardly grinding on the arm of the couch (laughs) come on george why isn't this harvey (laughs) that's awesome that's weird isn't it well you know I'm, I'm still always gonna love this movie for the fact that i'm gonna have that all oh, that one favorite christmas memory of mine you yeah. know and just how special that moment was because that movie just added to the christmas spirit that i was feeling you know and I'm, I'm always gonna be grateful to it for that you know what i call the christmas spirit i don't want to know it's a drink yep okay <laughs> you go to pete's coffee Ooh. and you get an eggnog latte <gasps> And then you drink a little bit of it, and you go home, and you feel the rest with brandy. Oh. I call that the Christmas spirit. That's I usually how like I wrap it. presents. I put on my my. <laughs> you wrap them in brandy. I I go oh. I go get that coffee. I go put some brandy in it. I nice. get into my uh, Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer onesie. Nice. And I wrap presents. That's so uh, no. awesome. That is I, my I, Christmas I, tradition. I, I beg to differ. differ. You do one of two things. Uh-huh. You put on either the Jolly Brown Christmas. Uh-huh. No, or like Mannheim Steamroller Fresh Air Christmas take your pick or Mariah's Christmas album no 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 no, no, no. instrumental is you instrumental you must go instrumental with this no you don't for mine you do Sarah for I mine you do love for Christmas there is I can't be even I, I can't I care about those prizes underneath the Christmas tree Sean, I, need some help. I just want you for I need some help my here. Sean. own more than you could ever know make my dreams come true all I want for Christmas is you ooh baby uh, Mariah Carey will be suing us shortly whatever she's gonna need the money so. she loves my out of tune cover Sean I need some help here her. Let's. We need to. We need to. to Moriarty brother. This Mo bro. This. How do we get in the Christmas spirit? I like to mix Fireball and Bailey's together. Shake, strain, oh. and serve. And then I kind of just space out, looking at the ceiling for a while. <laughs> that sounds like a great ass holiday. Now you do that while listening to either the Charlie Brown Christmas <laughs> or a Fresh Air Christmas from from Mannheim Schumer or Dark Side of the Moon. <laughs> <laughs> Happy holidays to that's, that. That's better. I like that. I yeah. like that sounds good. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, shall we get in some listener feedback? Yeah. Shall. Let's do it. 
Listener feedback. Yeah. All right, well, we did have some awesome uh, Facebook suggestions. We posted up on Nerdonomy. It says, Nerds on Film Records tonight. Hit us up with anything you shouted out. Uh, First of all... Oh, God. I do need to say, Athena is the most awesomeness gal around. Um, Yes. And I I actually flat out mean that. Athena, I love your comments that you post on our Facebook all the time. You are really super-duper rad. Mm -hmm. And thank you for the shout-out. I know this isn't Nerds on History, but in case you guys didn't realize... Um, I have now joined Eric and Brian on that podcast and Athena gave me a very special shout out saying that she enjoyed having me on there. So, um, but I am a regular co-host on that one as well. So if you guys have not checked out that podcast and you love listening to my voice, (laughs) you should definitely hop over to Nerds on History. And, um, you want to say Mike's? (laughs) Oh, yes. And Mike (laughs) said, holler at a baller. Good job, Mike. Give yours truly a shout out with your best Keanu Reeves impression post-1998 if you're feeling cocky, but not Roxy. She has to give her impression of an annoying musical holiday stuffed animal. Oh, okay. that's not fair. <laughs> what the fuck? How am I even supposed to do that? Whoa. Can I do it as Keanu Reeves? I mean, you can do whatever you want. If Keanu was a stuffed animal. <laughs> Whoa, listen, I don't want any plastics. And I don't want any ground floors. And I don't want to get married to no one. Not nobody. It said you have to give yours truly a shout out, so you have to shout out Mike. Thank you, Mike. Whoa. (laughs) Hey, Mike. Welcome to the Hall of Prisoners. Dude, (laughs) Hall of Prisoners. (laughs) (laughs) Sean, you need to do one. High School Football Rules. (laughs) Mike. If you're wondering if I'm back, I think, yeah, I'm back. Nice. Actually, that's not bad for an older Keanu Reeves. That's actually pretty good. That is older Keanu Reeves. That is post-1998. The only freaking Christmas stuffed animal toy thing I know of Mm -hmm. is this standing Santa that dances to uh, Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree that we have at my house. We always play. There There we go. go. It does it. It goes, Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree, have a happy holiday. And it does this little dance thing. Because you can move the arms, right? Right, right. So I was like, because they're like kind of bent forward like Uh Barbie Barbie hands. Does it like clack? So what it does, I always move the arms down to his Clack. like his nice. pants. Nice. So, so when he, he looks dances, like he's jerking off. Oh, he's totally jerking it. Smart. So he's <laughs> jerking <laughs> around the Christmas tree. Have a happy holiday. There you go. All right. And, and then he starts uh, crying. And then he starts weeping Santa tears. <laughs> and I'll just go ahead and say, Mike, do you know Kung Fu? <laughs> <laughs> I want to do another one. Awesome. Awesome. I want to do one more. Okay. Do it. But I lost it. Hold on. Get it back. Keanu Reeves talking to Mike. Ah, fuck it. Well, that was anticlimactic. Uh, <laughs> Seriously. Uh, do we have any other feedback? We, we have an uh, email, right? We have nice. an email. We have some constructive feedback. Yay! Kind of. I love it. Um, from Megan. Awesome. Uh, hi. Just a quick correction on Nerdicus. Dumbledore did not collect Harry from the wreckage at Godric's Hollow. I fucking knew it. Mm. Um, he sent Hagrid to do it, much to, to Mag- the, uh, McGonagall's surprise. And uh, it is also Hagrid gets the flying motorcycle from Sirius. I think it's the third book where Hagrid discloses that Sirius tried to take Harry as he was his godfather. But Hagrid says, no, Dumbledore has given him orders. Feel a bit sad that a true Potter nerd could make such a big mistake as to who collects Harry. Do you know what Gina responded with? Because I talked to her about this. Uh-huh. She posted the clip of um, Buzz Lightyear turning into Mrs. Nesbitt. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, that's all I could think about when that 
I read that. It's like where she lost it. She has lost all sense of self. Years of academy training. Oh, God, to waste. I am Mrs. Mrs. Nesbitt. (laughs) I'm a fraud. Because he's sucking down air. (laughs) So that is Gina's response. No offense. But, yeah, I mean, at the same time, like, I I can't speak for Gina, but, you know, she she threw down a ton of Potter factoids and knowledge, you know? I think she redeemed herself in the second episode. Shit, yeah, she did. So I mean that was a you, but you guys had a bit of a debate in that moment. We about did a that little bit too. too. We did, we did indeed. Yeah, mm. and I was wrong and she was right. So yeah. you know. Anyway, you know what? It doesn't matter. And hold on Megan, a second, fuck wanks. I got one more from Twitter. We like corrections. <laughs> <laughs> I was just saying thank you to Megan. Uh, yeah, Megan, okay. you're awesome. Thank you for pointing. All right, out. I just thought you 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 had a very close. And also, Sean voice. thinks you're a fuck wank. <laughs> What, Sean? I, he said I had a very, he had closing, a very closing sounding, sounding voice. voice. I probably like, shouldn't oh, clench my sphincter. I'm wrapping it up, voice. It's kind of nice. It's your fault, Brian. I'm going to wrap up your Anyway, Dickie1701 on Twitter says, Shout out to tuna melts. I had one for lunch, and damn if I'm not still full. And I said, yes, we love a good tuna melt as long as it's not in our lover's pants. And then his response was, you made it weird, Long Dong. <laughs> that's what I'm here to do. I'm here to weird you fuckers out. Nice. Richard, thank you for that. That's you guys. I fantastic. love I love the responses to our nerdonomy post of all right, everyone complete the sentence. You know you're a nerd when blank. Um, there was one in particular where it said, uh, "You hear a woodpecker and think predator." <laughs> <laughs> that one was great. Who and did then, that one? Yeah, uh, that was from our listener MJ. Nice. <laughs> and then um, <laughs> your dick has wireframed glasses. <laughs> nice. Oh, um, there was there was one that said it, looking at a, the above responses. Oh yeah, yeah. So Steve says it never occurred to you that any of these responses were nerdy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. That one's good. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, I had I had that moment earlier today, right? I sent you guys on the the text thread. I had gotten a new yeah. printer, nice. and on the printer, it, I, basically, oh, yeah. I took a picture of it. I was like, you know, you're a movie nerd when when on the box it says what's in the box, yeah. and you just do a Brad Pitt impression. Yes. <laughs> so I was like, it would have been even better if there's an actual severed head in that box. <laughs> so, I was like, oh, that would God. be a terrible printer. <laughs> A, a movie, so good. a movie reference gone terribly wrong today. <laughs> awesome. As always, folks, that's awesome feedback. Thank you very much. Yeah. And you can keep it up by going to neuronomy.com or our social media networks. Yes, we help keep it up. Mm-hmm. Indeed, to uh, give us that feedback at Nerdonomy. And of course, you know what you can also do? You can also support us financially. Or by spreading the word of nerd. Tell your friends about our podcast for the love of God. <laughs> Talk about it. Every us. time he says it, he sounds a little bit more desperate. It's, it's getting a little hinty. Please. Yeah. I have sunk so much money into this. <laughs> I'm kidding. Desperation. I'm kidding. Never look better. Really, on me, we Brian. just have a we have a really fun time doing this podcast and we think yeah. that everybody should have as much fun listening. Yep. Indeed. Yeah. And if you do want to support us financially, you can do it by going to our donation link. Uh, that's on our website, or you can go to audibletrial.com forward slash nerdonomy and support us and also help yourself with a subscription to audible.com. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and yes. our website, just in case you guys didn't know, nerdonomy.com. Yes. Yeah. Well, I guess, you know, we also hope that everybody has a wonderful Christmas and happy new year. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Have a happy and safe holiday. 
And by Merry Christmas, I also mean Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, and just happy all-around break from work and time with your family. I don't mean to get controversial, but I mean it's pretty well established now that Kwanzaa's fake. Damn. Well, Mm. happy holiday time. (laughs) I'm pretty sure some people still celebrate Kwanzaa, so it doesn't really matter. If you celebrate it, that's cool. Um, I'm just fucking around, everyone. That sucks. (laughs) Um, Yes, a true season's greetings, Mm -hmm. for sure, to everybody. Season's bleedings. Um... Yes. From all of us. That's a horror know. movie that Sean's writing in his mind. Either yeah. that or what happens when it just kind of lines up right on Christmas Day. Sarah, and that's I think really, you and yeah. I are really syncing we, up. We might be. Wow. <laughs> that's, that, wow. All this time I will the cake, never, ever it. think of that saying the same way ever again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, folks, it is that time. So until we meet again, stay nerdy. Tune into us next time. Same nerd time, same nerd channel. Nerdonomy. Later. See ya. Merry Christmas. And roll credits. And now, famous movie quotes you should not say during sex. Oh, there's got to be an easier way to earn your wings than this. (laughs) Happy holidays, you fuckers.